0: All right. We are rolling. We are rolling. So I was thinking about I'm always thinking about yep. some fun things
1: from to, the time we end until the time we sit back down. You are always thinking about
0: which I, I love. I was thinking about this. Yeah, and e, but even I mean just for weeks out. So I I've been in the habit of using Evernote or sometimes just my phone anytime a topic comes to mind. I'll, I'll write it down, like things we can talk about, and if it's something that I continually go back to, that's what I know. Like I have so many notes of topics we could we could talk about, but I only want to talk about the ones I keep going back to continually. Right. So, one of the ones that's been on my mind has been things that anyone can do inside a business. Any position from CEO all the way down the line that can help you become, that just make you more effective and valuable and productive as a person in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing about Americans. Americans love quick fixes overnight, like not the long, tedious, arduous process. These are simple, very easy things that you can implement and execute on overnight and increase your productivity as an employee almost instantaneously right.
1: or, enga- or engagement i mean, I think there's any number so of So i things don't know that we'll take away. i'm
0: i'm i'm struggling on the word if it's you become by implementing these it's more productive more effective more valuable and i think it's a it's all an of aggregate yeah, it's of totally all right. of them yep. but what i love about this is it's very simple easy things you can immediately implement for a big uh, what's the right word big yields a big performance increase right. on the back end and a lot of this is if I'm being quite honest is things you and I talk a lot about we're like it, it drives us nuts right. like it just just do this like this is so simple just implement this and so we talk about these little things that people can be doing and we don't understand why they're not doing it and Sure, that's this is our our own bias, but I do believe after years of of doing this and being in the business, these are things that could make a difference. Yeah,
1: and I I might you might get the story about the dog whisper today. I just thought of it and I figured out how it's appropriate here.
0: Oh, I know exactly. I've thought about it the whole time and what it ties to.
1: When do we talk about the dog whisper?
0: Oh, yes. It could be today. Yes. May not be. Preference, communication preference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. yes, yes. I, I'm on that a, same page. A, yeah, across the So four I'll let you I'll yes. Got it.
1: Yeah. When when we get there.
0: When we get there. Kay. So let let me let's just for this episode, bat it bat, bat it back and forth. Okay. I'll hit you with one, we'll go into it, you hit me with one. Okay. And I think we could probably we could probably bust out eight to ten of these bad boys. I think so. Okay, and some of
1: the thoughts behind them too, because for sure, that's what when, I, that's when we what I get said. into these, I often think, "How did we get here?" Because some of these seems seem very simple to me, and I know when I was younger in business or just had a sales role, for example. I was deploying any number of these and still do, but I've watched. We've watched society. Um, society. Society. That was very formal. Yes. Well, that's because I said Thompson Whitman the third. Alert. And I think I still might be stuck. <laughs> <laughs> is that right, Tommy. Uh, Tommy T Bone Thompson Whitman the third. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, ladies. I gave out all his details, and so I can figure out who production is. <laughs> um, but yeah, how we got here? You know, wh- why? Why? Well, we soon? got here
0: because you and I constantly like. If this is so easy. No, and it not, drives us. Insane. Not
1: us, but society. Like some of these have just gone away, and we're feeling the need to bring them back up. And my thought is, how and why did they go away? Because they were not just prevalent as a younger salesperson or whatever my role was. They were they were expected, even mandatory. Or so I I have some thoughts on that too. Okay, when we well, get there.
0: All right. So I I will start with number one, very easy actionable item. When someone sends you an email. Acknowledge it. I say immediately, promptly. Mm-hmm. Not with. It doesn't have to be with an answer. It just has to be with. Got it. I'll get back to you asap or on it or just even yeah. uh, mine's on it. I know yours is on it. Mine is too. Even if it's a couple words, I see all the time, and my teammates do this still constantly, and we uh, we have the conversation. I'm not I because I, I have this conversation with them face to face every day. I don't, even I, who am CC'd on the email. Okay, so an email comes from, say, our customer.
1: Yes, Joe Large, general contractor.
0: General contractor, (laughs) our customer, to someone on my team. I'm CC'd. I don't even know that my teammate has received it. Yet, they're already working on that request. Say it's... Mr. General Contractor asked for pricing. My teammate's already on it. However, my teammate has not responded to General Contractor on it. So I'm sitting there like, did they receive the email? General Contractor's sitting there like, I received the email. They received it. They're working on it. But neither of us know.
1: Question. Do you, because you know, you and I are very guilty of putting our made-up stories on the rest of the world. So do you, do you truly believe that the General Contractor's on the other side wondering if it was
0: received and it is in motion? Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, it, aren't you? If you send an email and no one responds, aren't you wondering? It's just floating in the wind. I, I am. Yes, I am. I think any any human being would be. But
1: I think it's always important that we check in and say, "All right, is this a, is this a micbritism where you know, or is this is this generally acceptable practice and should be going forward?" I completely agree with you on this one, but you know, I, we have to be sensitive to being in an echo chamber where we both agree, so we think the entire world feels the same way. i, I well, open to feedback from the. You know, the Uh, viewing audience.
0: I I don't need feedback on this. (laughs) I know. Okay. I spend half my day following up with people saying, making sure you receive this question mark. Yeah. It would be so simple on it. Got it. I'm not looking for an answer. I just want to know you got the email. So that is a very simple, immediately when you get an email, acknowledge it that you're going to get back to them. Yeah.
1: Well, that's I think it. there's there's a cool thing. There's a few things about that that are that are appropriate. A, um, it signifies that the ball has moved to the other person's court. Yes. Right. Because like, we like, tons of sports analogies. Right. Who has the ball? Like that's a really important thing. And I just need to know if you have the ball. And that's great. Right. A, you didn't fumble it. B, um, somehow it didn't. You know, it it didn't get to you for whatever reason. Rare in today's world of technology. But I agree. And I just think from a confirmation perspective, as far as demonstrating to the person on the other side, whatever that relationship happens to be, you are demonstrating, um, urgency or not even urgency, right? Engagement. Yeah. Engagement. Uh, I'm doing, I'm doing my job over here and, and I always take it one step further and that's why you shop here, Mm -hmm. right? Because you, you sent me an email, you took your very valuable time to send me an email. You entrusted me with something and you need to know that I'm on this and and I'm, I'm big too, right? On it. One in is another one. And they're very short, right? I mean, mine can be got it, on it, and my my, and now over time, I've actually reconditioned some of my customers, and by the way, big customers, blue chippers. But our relationship is such that they get four words back from me. Got it on it, and then they put it to bed. Like mm-hmm. oh, Arnold's doing his thing mm-hmm. when he's got something of importance to to, to communicate back, he's going to be here, and I'm not going to have to follow back up.
0: And anytime if if we have a customer or a vendor on the other side that's following up, just making sure you got this, that is. To me, a like the the worst. Mm-hmm. I never want to see that because that means we did not do our job in simply acknowledging that. So it's very simple, and I think makes a world of difference.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Period. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nothing to say about that. <laughs> Over to me. I think you said. So this is a uh, this is an interesting one, and we talk about our emerging thought leaders on a fair occasion and i and i and i i'm always interested to hear their perspective right so as a reminder for the audience 24 to 34 something like that and and I'm not a big generational person. But you know we're we starting to see the emergence of Generation Z into the workforce. Now you've got some Z and some Y. You've got some X, like me, and certainly some boomers. And there's a lot of boomers still in the quarter office calling a lot of the shots. So regardless of size of demographic in the workforce or so on and so forth, if you look at decision-making power, still a tremendous amount of that in boomers and, and certainly X, if you think about some generational people in, in X, Elon Musk. X, Michael Dell X, right? If you just think about some of the people that are in there, you know, my generation is now coming through into those positions, but Bob Iger, Disney, boomer, right? He's, he's pushing 80 years old, for goodness sake. So this is one that's interesting as it relates to, you know, we, we hammered out in our last episode, this idea of work-life balance and, and then unfortunately being polarized and or mutually exclusive. Let me ask you Worked this one. Work and life. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Work and life. Um, let me ask you this one: Both of us huge on preparation. I think um, preparing on Sunday before you go into the week is critical to setting it up right. I just think I think everything starts on Monday, but for me, it starts on Sunday because I prepare to go in to meet my teammates, and then we collectively prepare and attack the week together. What about? preparation on sunday
0: yeah and and we say sunday i mean assuming your workday starts on monday and of course it could the the night before you start or it could be saturday just there's some kind of prep work prior to your beginning of your week you will never be top level ever in your lifetime if you don't do that because you are immediately starting behind On your workday in the beginning of the week, and you're losing two to three hours by shuffling through emails, organizing. I actually had, um, I've had an an employee where I had this, it's relevant because I had this conversation with them, and they constantly, um, and we had this conversation, and and it changed, you know, but I was never getting emails back. So our workday starts at seven sharp. I was never receiving emails back on Monday. This is continuously from them until 10 or 11. And when I finally asked after several weeks of this, it was a new employee. It was like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm organizing my emails from last week. That was two to three hours into the day where they hadn't answered a single email that was just coming in. Therefore, you're three hours back and someone could say, okay, three hours in the grand scheme. That's, it's a lot of time. And if you have any desire to be, the best of the best, compound that. Three hours, week over week, month after month, year after year, you're losing a shit ton of hours that someone else is being way more efficient, productive, getting shit done. So you absolutely should go into Monday If not with a clean slate, because sometimes that's unrealistic, with a very clear plan of attack. And hopefully you have most of your items cleaned up, but at least in a clear plan of attack.
1: Right. Well, how about the idea? We talked about sports, too, right? The idea that NFL football teams would script the first 20 plays. So you show up to the game called work on Monday morning and you haven't scripted any of your plays. Right. I mean, that's that's a very interesting idea to me that you would show up flat footed. It would drive me crazy because, you know, oh, I, I not you it. know, I feel about surprises, right? Yeah. I can't stand them. Yeah. So to come in and then open my emails and, and find a surprise on Monday that I'm completely unprepared for. Now, meanwhile, the rest of the world's open and, and and now that work is starting to pile up, which would make me crazy. Let me ask you this. You just said something that. Uh, you said if you're ever going to get to the top this is and by the way i think this is going to be a bare minimum of of acceptable performance in your experience with working with with the newer entries into the workforce 23456730 what do you think what do you what do you think their expectations are? You know, when they look at the top, right? Elon or whomever you would put there—whether big business, little business—and and
0: by the way, we're referring to Elon or like I. There are so many. Just it could be someone local. Like sure. there are just so many.
1: right, yeah, you. But at the top, whatever your definition is, what do you think the the perception is of what that looks like? What what. I wonder what, I, I, what what the story is in a newer person to the workforce's head about what type of drive and effort it takes to get to the top, whatever their definition is.
0: I will answer that, but I'm sidestepping because I, I think a lot of also like you and I would would say that all, like we aren't prep we are, I would say you and I, for instance, and a lot of CEOs, maybe even top management are not preparing on Sundays for Monday because we're working throughout the week, so right. there's no start and finish. Sure, but for people that there there is a start and finish, this is applicable. So, because there's going to be a lot of people say I, there's never a restart. Like there's it's prep continuously. Right. Okay. So back to your question, what would hard work look? Sorry.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you were someone who's relatively new to the to the workforce who intends to make it to the top, wherever that is for them. I wonder what what do you think? How would they define the steps? What they look like from a commitment, persistence—some of the words we talked about in our last podcast.
0: Um, I I don't know. I'm I'm having a hard time with the question. I'm not sure I understand it. Well,
1: do, do, do if you're 25, do you think you work 40 hours a week and you're making it to the top?
0: Yeah, I I don't I don't know. I don't know if we, we probably have to ask that question. No, I don't think so. I, I think it's still understood that the more Deliberate, intentional practice hours you put in, the better you're going to be. I also think as we've talked about, there's there's a lot of, com- and I don't want to get into this too much because we just had a work-life balance, hard work co- conversation, mm-hmm. but you know, there, there's definitely more talk about mental health than work-life balance and, and all of that. So um, I, I don't have an answer for you, but I think at the end of the day, no matter who you are, what generation, female, male, where you come from, most people understand hard work is hard work and it becomes deliberate practice intentional and the amount of hours you put in. I think that's understood. And I think part of that is prep. It is going to always be one of the most important things you can do. And I think as we just talked about that prep on call it Sunday night, going into Monday is required, right? If you have any, any desire at all to be at the top.
1: Sure. And and practice being one thing. And then this this pregame prep, like you're talking about, they're different, right? I mean, they're very different things. That pregame prep oh, absolutely. is coming up right on the edge of the game. It's the last things you're doing so that you're not figuring it out the first 15 minutes yep. of the first quarter. Yep. By then, you're already down three. That's right. That's a problem. That's exactly right. Love the sports analogies. They just they resonate with Let, me.
0: Let's slam dunk that.
1: Okay, go ahead. Slam dunk it.
0: Slam dunk. On to the next. Okay, next thing. Um, by the way, I'm looking at the Email I sent you with some things I had in my head. Mm -hmm. Thank you for printing this out because I'm I'm using it as my notepad that I should have printed out.
1: My job is generally to to support your excellence. That's what I do. I run paper printing. I brought a pen.
0: Oh, you're good. You're good. Oh yeah. You are a salesperson. (laughs) Um, Okay, so this is one that I think it's not rocket science, but I do think it's a little unique. To me, and and what I've been doing, what I figured out really works. So I create a folder. It's in my Outlook. It's what, that's the email platform we use. And one of my folders is it's called just pending, pending folder. And anytime I have an exchange via email, and there's something that is an open item, and it could even be an exchange I'm simply cc'd on. I am not the main character, but my team and I, I we owe an answer or whomever on the other side of it owes an answer maybe not even me it could be my teammate any email that is not completely put to bed with a bow tied goes in this pending folder and I check it I try to check it at least at the end of every day but that's unreasonable. Definitely 100% at the end of every single week, I am going through that pending folder and I am following up on every single one of those emails that was unresolved. Sometimes it's a follow-up related to the first topic we talked about. Hey, just making sure you receive this. Sometimes, uh, I would say 30% of the time, it's a follow-up to one of my teammates. Is this resolved? Where are we? Maybe I got left off an email somewhere. Maybe I'm like, hey... Teammate, you didn't get an answer. Ball's still in our court. What's going on? My probably drives my team nuts because I I feel like you know I'm continually following up on them getting back, and quite frankly, it's it's almost I mean it's it's a lot for me to keep up with everybody else, but it's really effective. I'm I'm a safety net underneath them, Um, but it's just a way. Like literally, I can tell you almost nothing falls through the gaps when I am religious about checking that pending folder from start to finish at least once to twice a week.
1: Well, it would suggest that your team is not listening to your counsel as it relates to using that as a tool or there would be no follow up. They would be working their pending folder. Yeah,
0: yeah. Most of the time they are. Sometimes it's a lot of times it's, yeah, I got it that's a lot of time the answer for my team but it's just as much following up with my vendor my customer making sure they got it or just making sure we're ball still in their court like but i will go through everyone and a lot so here's what i'll do i'll start from the bottom the oldest in my pending and then i go from oldest to newest a lot of them i'll skip over like yeah i know they're still working on it i don't need to follow up i just saw it out with them two days ago but i'll be like oh, yeah, shit, we talked about this on Monday. This was a critical item, and we... But nothing falls through the gaps, and it is super effective just to keep that running folder. As soon as whatever that item is, it gets... It's done, whatever we figured it out, quote was sent, PO was sent, done... I move it out of pending to the appropriate folder in my Outlook. It's usually a project folder. So I'm just constantly moving, and it feels so good to move a pending email out because when I move it out, I know it's taken care of. And it sounds so ridiculously trivial, really, but the effectiveness of it is amazing.
1: Yeah. It's interesting that um, despite – think of how many different modes of communication we have today. We have text – Email, phone, which obviously phone, but now it's you know it's a supercomputer that's in your pocket. It's not like the phone on the wall when I was growing up. We have all these methods of communication, yet somehow we still miss, right? I mean, that can only be. One thing, effort or structure or organization, right? What would it be that would ever have you under communicating, at least from a business perspective, right? Which is, you know, a lot of the business stuff is very nutsy boltsy, right? I, you need something and my job is to go get it and I give it to you and it's either complete or not complete. You might give it back to me, so on and so forth, right? The back and forth between, let's just say you identify a prospect and, and you engage each other to, to work together in business. It's a pretty straightforward process, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we exchange information through a period of time until we get through whatever the components are. Risk, you know, I'm a supplier, am I a risk to you? Am I gonna upset your manufacturing lines because I say I can perform, but then I don't, you know, we're checking those boxes along the way. But it just seems, you know, having expanded and continually expanded as human beings, our methods of communication, we still come up light sometimes, which is Amazing.
0: Right. This is just an organizational tactic. And I will say, among all the things I, I need to improve on, um, I, I think the way I can visualize and then organize is one of my real strong suits. And it really like I, I can figure out that on, on a larger scale, the structural and organizational piece that keeps like I rarely miss anything with the way I've said it and, and I can truly and I feel comfortable saying that and I think most people would agree and it's the way I've been able to visualize and structurally set it but that the, the pending folder has been part of that process
1: yeah it's a good one.
0: yeah seems simple right it's it is simple but I mean it's a lot of work to keep up with it continuously oh yeah you I mean you got to go go through it one by one I mean I at any given time I have a hundred emails in there yeah oh, I'm sure. So it's just like continually staying on it and following up, and my team knows. All of a sudden, they'll have fifty emails and like, oh, it's going through the pending. Oh, like yeah, they, yeah. they know. <laughs> like it's all of a sudden, <laughs> what's going on? What are we doing here? What's yep. the answer? What's there? and they know it's one of my daily going through the pending.
1: And if they're smart, because you're doing that on Sundays a lot, like I am, a yep. lot of prep, right? Where yeah. it's just I'm just trying to get the ball in your court because what I I'm don't doing, tell them that anymore. What I'm doing, they, yeah, they know. <laughs> I know, right? But I know, but yeah, but we, especially when you have new people coming yeah, in, like totally. I had to go through that. Listen, I, I don't, you know, I, I have to do it when I can do it because I don't know what my time's going to be taken up by going forward. So you could get this on, Saturday, on Sunday at three o'clock. That's cool. Right. You I'm not looking for an action. If you yep. want to reply, great. If you don't, that's great, too. But they're going to want to be smart and do that Sunday, perhaps, or they're going to wake up to a surprise on Monday morning.
0: Here, here I don't want to belabor the point, but here's an, another thing about that. There is a piece, and you might not even know what's going on, but if you come into Mondays unprepared, there is, for most human beings, some little level of anxiety. Oh, yeah just like procrastination, you will continually have a small layer of anxiety or it's like sitting on your shoulders, the more you procrastinate or don't take care of things real time. And and I just like, I don't want to sit with that. I I don't want to have that. And if you just prepare and take care of things real time, that goes away. And yeah. that's a really nice feeling. <laughs> right. So yeah. just like, don't walk around with that. And yeah. hey, I know how to do it. This is one way.
1: Yeah. There's a very cathartic feel to that, right? Yeah. To, to knowing, to always knowing. Right. I completely agree. Yeah. It's not worth the stress. That's for sure. It's not. All right. Boom. Boom. I expect. Ping. Do you product- see that?
0: That's a, that's a tenet. In, in the, this... The tennis games that are going on,
1: right? That's not a tennis thing. Sorry, any of you tennis players out there? That's I know you don't. Recognize no, I was that serving. I was any. serving
0: the tennis ball to you. Got it.
1: Okay. Wait, I started the last one though.
0: No, I just I just did pending.
1: Oh, you did pending folders. Yeah, got it. Uh, okay, so I think this is time. Uh, so I think one of the most challenging things, because I, I like this communication undertone. We started on that, right? Got it on it, so on and so forth. The pending thing is really has a, a communication undertone to it as well. I think one of the most challenging things, and I watch there's there's industry specifics to this, and I watch your industry in general. Is so we've talked about the different generations that are in the workforce, right? There are four, give or take, between you know Z Y X and Boomers. And then all of these different communication methodologies that we've now hatched, and I didn't even say mailing letters. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? Um, but if you just think of the ones that are more technical, like text and, and email and and uh, and picking up the phone and calling, your industry, for example, is still very phone call heavy. Like I, You could count on one hand the number of times my phone rings in a day, and when it does, it's generally someone soliciting me for something, and I don't recognize the number, and sometimes I'm able to pick up, sometimes I'm not. But I think that's, that's part of the challenge or something or the recognition is to understand the right method of communication for your particular audience. You know, in dealing with engineers in a big portion of my day, phone is the wrong way. They're never picking the phone up. You know, they're generally immersed in something. And the number of times over the years as I was evolving into new communications, you know, it's exactly the opposite of the way it used to be. You used to time, used to um, align all of your phone calling activity when you were getting in the car because you were going to be productive with the windshield. And that's completely gone. I mean, being productive with the windshield, at least in our industry, and I think construction might be a little different in that regard still, by virtue of what's going on, it, that's, that's lost time now. It's now shifted where driving is the least uh, productive thing I do because I can't, you know, I'm not, I shouldn't be texting or I shouldn't be doing that while I'm driving. But if you, there's some people you can call, but by and large, you can. And I think one of the challenges is to then figure out the right method of communication for a particular audience that's going to be the most. Effective and and I think I might be saying this to some of our younger listeners, right? Who maybe haven't hasn't figured this out yet. Um, if I'm if I need to get in contact with or move information with someone that is an engineer, I can promise you that's going to move via email and only email. And if I know them well enough, then I might take it to the next urgent level, which would be text. Mm-hmm. But at no point are I ever calling them. Um, and the and the closest thing that I would do to that would be a Teams style meeting on follow up because we're generally going to be sharing data in the form of drawings. So I, I, there's going to have to be some type of screen share methodology because we're going to show a model or a 3D or something that we're going to get on the same page with, and we're using this as a check-in tool. So I think that's that's one of the parts. I mean, what, what have you recognized in your particular industry as it relates to being effective? Because, you know, I, I know there are people that you work very closely with who just aren't um, efficient with email, like you're just gonna wait indefinitely, and you know as well as I do, if you don't pick up the phone and call them, you are not getting a reply anytime mm-hmm. soon, maybe if ever. And we have some folks on our team uh, who admittedly are, are struggle with email. You know, they're ops people. They're very hands on. They do a great job. Our culture is awesome. They're on the floor. They're making sausage with their their teams. Like right? they're up to their elbows in it, and what suffers for that is the communication medium called email. So what, uh, what what goes on in the construction world? Or how do you balance all that? Who's someone who likes to monitor the pending folder, which is going to be an email communication? What are you doing to make sure that 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 information flow is moving to ultimately get to whatever outcome you're looking for?
0: Well, there's two different parts of this. There's one, just what your preferred source of communication is. And then there's two, what your work allows. So for instance, if you have superintendents, for me, you're talking about people on the op side. It's the same thing that are hands on. For us, you know, if you have superintendents or foremans that we're communicating with direct, which we do sometimes, they're not. They're in the field. Like they're they're picking up a call. They're they're calling you. They need answers immediately. Right. So it's being able to identify a what the preferred communication is, or what the required is, or pro- both. And typically, what the required is is going to be the person's referred preferred. So. I, and I, I'm laughing at this a little bit because we had this internally, this discussion, because somebody on my team loves phone and is always phone. Another person on my team loves text, they're preferred. I'm definitely email. So we've got all, all of these different um, preferences and it leads us to other discussions and I always say to my teammates, you have to get to know our vendors and our, our suppliers and our customers very early and learn what they like. If you email somebody 10 times and you don't get an answer, light bulb should go off that they're not an emailer. Start calling them. I don't care if you, if my preferred method is email. I need to get an answer from that person and I need to play to their preference. For me, I find phone calls a little invasive if I'm being honest because it's like I have to answer, drop everything I'm doing and answer that call at that time and it's really hard if you're in some deep work or to get back in that that mode and i i don't want to break that sometimes versus if you send me an email i can at least get to it on my own time, which is going to be quickly, of course, but so I like that flexibility in being able to get you an answer on my own time as, as opposed to that. That's why I like email. I also like email. You can refer back to it. Very important. You get confirmations written via emails. So there's a lot of reasons I like it. Um, you can also, you can also multi, you know, multitask, add more people, whatever, but it's figuring out very early what the preferred method is. And then playing to that and that will get you very very far I'm going to pass to you because I think in the many I know in the many conversations (laughs) we've had that you have a very good story that demonstrates this I do very well
1: I do so um, this is going back I want to tell the story for a while and I do tell it a lot in my travels because it's interesting and and, you know one of the things I've clung on to as I've continued to get older and and uh, and and See a lot of different situations. So, our dog Hudson is, oh gosh, I think he's 13 years old now. He's getting up there. But I remember when I found him on pets.com, I literally found him on pets.com. So, you need a car, cars.com, boats.com, and pets.com is a thing too. So, um, I remember we got Hudson, and he
0: was thirty five dollars, right?
1: He, I, I, th- I think he was thirty five dollars. <laughs> yes. So he shows up, and he's got a uh, he's got a lab look to him. We can tell he's a mutt. Of course, we got him out of a high kill shelter where all of our pets have come from, and um, so he's got a lab look to him. And he shows up, and out of the box, he's this amazing dog. I mean, he's potty trained, and this was this was right around. 2009, right after the first financial crisis, and and we will never know, but it was almost as if somebody just opened the back door and let him go because they couldn't, they couldn't afford him or whatever it was. That's how trained this dog was. So he would get on the front seat, he'd ride to school with the girls who were very little at the time, and he'd look around and he was the model citizen absolute model citizen. So we noticed as time wore on that, uh, he started to, um, you know, growl a little bit at stoplights and people. And, and, uh, and then he started barking at stoplights and, and then at home, his behavior was completely different. Like someone rang the doorbell, he would jump so high. He could almost see out of the skylights on the top of the door. That's how high this dog was getting. So it got to the point where we were worried about, is he going to be able to survive as a family member? Right. Are we going to have to find an alternative because his behavior is just out of control. So found this woman, brought her in. So she comes in and starts circling Hudson and, and provoking him, kneeing him every once in a while, watching his reactions. And, and she says, Oh, he's a, uh, lab Springer mix. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Of course we hadn't gotten there. He had these floppy ears and this white chest and this white tip tail. And, uh, said, yeah, that makes sense. Hadn't hit on that, but yes, of course, I see it now. So she continues to walk around this dog and provoke him. And and I'm watching him. And I've never seen this dog act like this before. I think she said 10 words the entire time. That's why I call her the dog whisperer. So she says, I know what's going on. She said, he is a work dog. And he he exhibits the highest qualities of both Lab and Springer. He's picking jobs that you don't like. And until you start giving him jobs, he's going to keep picking jobs that you don't like. And she said, when you understand the breed, you can train the dog. And that just, and I just parked that. I parked it for years. I never even gave it another thought. And then as I realized, as I started being exposed to lots of different types of people, it resonated with me that you know my job was to start to understand the breed, if you will, the type of person that I was working with. And part of that is generational. Not to broad brush it or broad stroke it, but to have an idea where they came from or what what they might have been exposed to. My father who was a, a super boomer, right? I mean he'd be 102, right? So I knew what that looked like. I knew what his friends looked like, so on and so forth. But just that idea, I started to get much more in tune with understanding the person that I was working with so I could communicate with them. not train the dog. I was never training anybody I was working with, but I understood or or was very interested in learning how to have more effective conversations with them faster by attempting to understand where they were coming from Mm -hmm. so that we could meet on common ground early and get where we were going as fast as possible. And I don't mean hasty fast or sloppy fast. I mean there was an outcome that we were working on together. And the faster that we spoke the same language and could get into a position of alignment, when you said you worked here today, the better off we were going to be. And I think that's one of the things that I didn't learn until much later, that if, if our young listeners are listening or whomever, no one, someone hasn't even figured it out yet that might be you know, inner focused or. or selfish, I mean that just thinking of self, um, that you might consider that, right? And and the idea too that you know Hudson's a mammal just like the rest of us, and there are things that are hard-coded into us that whether it's long times of exposure, because you've been on the earth for a long time, depending on when you were born, or the conditions that you were raised in, whether that be age specific or not age specific, just that idea of, of understanding who your audience is and, and working on connecting with them, like happens everywhere, right? Whether whether it's um uh, performers right are always trying to connect with their audience and so on and so forth. Our roles aren't particularly different, right? I mean, we all have an audience of some kind. And what are we doing to understand what that audience needs or what they understand or how they communicate so that we can um, get into position to to communicate better and more effectively. And immediately. And immediately, yeah. And and the sooner the better. And again, I don't mean hasty. I mean the faster we can find that common ground, then we can really get off the surface level stuff and we can get we can get deeper and really understand who each other are.
0: Yeah. I know from the flip side, I, <laughs> I mean, it's it's not a game to me, but if someone is continually calling me and I'm a little frustrated by it cause I can't stand it. I'm like, email me, dude. Like I, I, first of all, you have to say it. I'm, listen, I'm, I'm in a lot of meetings. I'm hopping around a lot you will get a quick answer from me. It's so much easier via email. It just yeah. it just is yet for there are me. some
1: that don't get it, right? There's a tone wait, deaf, that's There's where a tone I, deafness around that.
0: That's Oop. where I was going. Sorry. Yeah. So I like part of it for me is yeah, they if, if you're not listening and I I'm picking up that you're tone I was gonna say, picking up that you're a little tone deaf. Like I I'm picking up on that. I, hopefully you get it, but there are people that will call me ten more times even after I've said please email me. And I'm paying attention. Like I, I notice. So yeah. on the other end of the spectrum, I can imagine our suppliers or customers are like, sh- like, is she ever going to call me or the, they're thinking the same thing. So I, I keep that in mind on the others. And I'm like, I'm hoping that you're, you're understanding or you recognize after I don't pick up five calls, but I reply to your email 10 minutes later with the, all the information you're looking for right that, you, that you'll pick up. And if you don't, like, you look like a slow learner right. or that right. you just can't adapt. And our
1: chances of doing business together or whatever together are going to be significantly diminished, right? Yeah.
0: And and I, so I, I never want people to, to do that or think of that of us. So, yeah, it's pi- figure it out early and then... Execute that way,
1: yeah. And and you and I are in a position where so we do get to experience a lot of that because look, when your name's on the building, Tegler or Arnold, you get prospected a lot. And and salespeople today are generally taught to start in the corner office, right? Even if they ultimately want to sell to my director of IT or they want to, freight. I mean, for example, the number of people that are pinging me for freight, I, well, I don't do freight. I really don't. Do I understand it? Sure, but but everyone now starts at the top and I recognize, you know, it's it's interesting to watch the way I, I get a front row seat at how prospecting is taught and, and attempted to be delivered today. And it still comes back to that, you know, the number of people where just like, have you noticed yet that when you call me, you don't get me, but if you email me, I respond in one minute with everything you ever wanted to know. At what point will you just do You're not being disrespectful to me. You don't need to call to open the door to earn the right to push the keys on your keyboard. I still earn the right of not replying <laughs> Mm-hmm. But you don't have to call first to, uh, to to send me an email. If it matters and it's inspiring, I promise you I will reply. Right. Promise you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. My turn?
1: Batten it back over to you.
0: Okay. I One of the things is I, when I have an employee or a teammate that has – they have a task or I, I've given them some kind of responsibility of some sort. A true pet peeve <laughs> is when I get five questions back that could have been figured out within minutes. So I am always looking for somebody as we talk about the figure it out factor. Now, if it's if it's a solid question, like listen, I cannot move on and and get you answers here. Because I truly don't know this and I don't know where to find it. Fine. But most of the time, it's just that like the extra five to ten minutes weren't taken to figure it out. And yeah, you could say, well, if they could just ask you, they'd save themselves five minutes. I don't care. (laughs) Okay. Take the extra five to ten minutes and figure all the questions out and come back with an answer rather than asking. Because I'm telling you, this happens all the time. I get five questions instead of just take the extra ten minutes, figure out those answers, and then give me the answer back easy. Yeah. But I mean, that goes such a long way when you have please are like, yep, got it. Here's your answer. Or here's your solution without the five extra questions in between that. You know, we both know, like you could have Googled or you could have just like, yeah, it,
1: I, I mean, it, it, it
0: happens all the time. All
1: right. Yeah. So I was going to say biggest dick move ever. But what I will do is I will actually Google it and I will screenshot the answer back on Google.
0: I do it all <laughs> the time. And, and I, I do this with my sister. I've done it with my sister predominantly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And, and today she, she responded, I, I, I think I responded back with a rhetorical question. It was not an answer. when she goes, yeah, I think I just talked myself through that one and I didn't say anything.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, so, I'll do it with our, you know, who, who I do it to most is our sales reps. If they're being lazy. Yeah. Some of them are just lazy shit and it's easier to ask than think. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. If you want to ask, there's going to be a little bit of a price to pay and it's going to be me making a little bit of fun at you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, wonder, I last week I replied to a sales rep and said, there's a new thing called Google. I'm not sure if you're aware of it. And I screenshotted the answer back. The other one that I love is when people ask me what an address is. Is there ever a reason to ask anyone for an address yeah. on earth ever? Not I mean, to you, make sure
0: it's the right location. If you have 63 buildings, yeah. I
1: get it. Yeah, I have yeah. done that. But man, oh man, it's just like, stop being lazy. Or
0: in LinkedIn, when people ask me what we do for a living, when I have the description <laughs> of all descriptions, like that I've we've curated like exactly what we do. Oh, yeah.
1: Or if you or if they just took took five minutes and jumped down the rabbit hole that is Brett. Looks well, like I definitely don't want to Britt do business Tegler with of you La- of LinkedIn. Holy you're hell, you're just not
0: diligent on anything. Yeah, like, but and and here's the thing. I mean, so from an employee standpoint, if you're thinking about it, and it, it's your boss or the CEO, whoever you direct to, think about if you yourself times 10, 20, 30, however many people there are. If there if everybody's writing back five questions, five. That amount of time it's right. a lot of time it's just unreasonable rather like you can be such a valuable asset if you're like yep got it and you know i know john i send him a question like i'm gonna get an answer back and it's it's gonna be good one. i don't have to do anything else on my end it's like it's it's given back to me in in one because p- there are some people you know like i'm st- i'm still we're still not gonna be there i'm the ball is not going to cross the end line. Right. Uh, we're right. we're going to get, we might get in the red zone, <laughs> but like I am never getting over the end line with John. Right. Or, or, you You're know. not
1: getting it back in an, act- in an actionable fashion.
0: But like Susie, we're scoring a touchdown every time, <laughs> right. right? So it's right. just like th- those little things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the question would be, if I'm working with you, it would be, um, is Britt truly the only keeper of this piece of information on earth? And if she is, I will ask her. And if she's not, I'm going to kill myself to find out before. Now, at some point it becomes, if it becomes and, completely and, non-productive. And
0: we're like, those are outliers. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, we're talking about like little, you know, little things that just like, I just want an answer back. Because- I would have done it myself if I knew you were going to come back with five questions. Yeah. Well,
1: today's world of, of Google Khan Academy and ChatGPT, what the hell is actually tribal? Yeah. Is there really is there really any tribal knowledge left? I mean, short of my blood type, which isn't out there, but I mean, there's not much tribal knowledge left in the world if you're actually that interested in finding it.
0: Yeah. And this slides into a, a, another, it, very similar. I mean, the one thing, and I think you, you initially- just worded it this way to me. It was like, you want people in your organization or that you're working with that make things frictionless, which is like what Amazon has done so why, beautifully. That's why I
1: borrowed it. I completely plagiarized that from Jeff Bezos. Uh,
0: well, it's, it's perfect. I mean, it is like, you just, the, anybody that can eliminate friction, like, you know, the you know the people that are just, time sucks. And yes. you're like, I, I I can't talk they make this so complicated when it could be a one sentence conversation, but it's like that time suck. On the en- other end of the spectrum, you have people that make things so simple and it's so frictionless and it's from A to B so quickly. Like those are the people mm-hmm. I want inside of my organization and then I want to work with. Right. Like yeah. how can you make this so let me put this on a platter for you? That's right. Yeah. And it's like I'm gonna
1: hand off a pile of crap and you bring it back in a basket, <laughs> right, with a bow on it, and hand it back to me, and then I'm ready to go to the party.
0: And it, and although we're talking about this this doesn't play as well into the, uh, the other bucket of things we've been talking about where they're it's really easy to implement like that comes with a little bit more work on on your end and a little bit more due diligence and maybe a little bit more research whatever but you just become exponentially more valuable.
1: Sure. Yeah, but that is the topic, right? I mean, there's some easy easy ones like got it on it, right? Yeah. That's an easy one. And and I would say because it's that easy a, a, a value, but certainly less value than getting a getting a turd bowl and then handing it back to your direct report in a beautiful basket, yeah. right? That's and that that makes sense and that would be of higher value and time investment and everything associated with it. So that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Frictionless. Be friction make it frictionless. Fr- 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 frictionless.
1: I guess the question is like you know when it's not the individuals that you're dealing with what is it right is it is it a is it a knowledge you know is it is it uh, the inability is it not is it lack of knowledge or ignorance to the execution around making it frictionless is it A lack of interest in returning it in a frictionless fashion, right? I'm trying to balance out the difference between ignorant to what frictionless looks like or not willing to put in the hard-ass work to return it in a frictionless way.
0: And I'll add a third category, which exists. And don't do this, people, if you're listening, because it's so easy to read. There's a third category of people that tries to make it harder than it is to make themselves look more knowledgeable, like I, this is so complicated, but I got you uh, and I've been doing this for so long and I'm the only one that can do this cause it's so hard, but I, I got you yeah, absolutely. And, and makes, I have a couple of people that, that come to mind on this and I literally will do everything I can not to work with them absolutely. because it's like everything is so complicated yet. The, perfect example. So there's someone I'm thinking of off the top of my head that makes the simplest things hard. And it's because that person wants to act like they know the most and that they're really needed. I will talk to their counterpart and get the answer in thirty seconds. Yeah, thirty seconds first. Thirty minutes to an hour, and I'm not shitting you. Yeah, and it's one of
1: the biggest turnoffs in the world, right? Is creating a problem so you can solve it.
0: And that's that, the, so the that's, the that's another category of people why it's not made super simple. Like, you need me because this is hard. Right.
1: Yeah, and meanwhile, what you really value is the people that can, I'll say dumb it down, right? Because I appreciate that. Jesus, if I'm coming to you, it's because I truly, there's, there, there is nowhere else to look. Because like we're talking about, I have done the hard work on all those different learning platforms before I'm coming to you, which means I am truly stumped. Kevin, our VP of uh, automation brilliant human who also has mastered the ability to come down back to right the dog whisperer Mm -hmm. conversation and understanding his audience and not talking up here and and that's actually something and and uh me guilty of that you know our uh, our current vp of packaging steve sutton he has been very insistent that i am engaged with our ops teams more than anyone else has been um insistent that i am i am engaged and He's also done a very good job of coaching me, right? So this is someone who is on the org chart and below me on the org chart, but does a great job of coaching me in that moment Mm -hmm. because he's been on the planet 10 years longer than I have. And he has seen things that I have not seen in those 10 additional years yet. And he does a good job in coaching me to say, I think you're missing your audience. You know, some of these words you pick in your day in and day out. I mean, I am I was very fortunate to have some very brutal English teachers who demanded that my mastery of the English language was significant. That doesn't play everywhere, right? He would look. He, it would be appropriate to say, "Hey Hudson, <laughs> you know, um, think about who your audience is here, and and let's pick words that are appropriate so that you can have a conversation with them that gets them further than they would have been otherwise." And and that's that's the beauty of it, right? That's where the magic is. Is taking there's a sign that hangs in our automation room, hangs like there's a hanging sign. There's something on the wall that says. Um, uh, any idiot any idiot can make things complicated it takes a genius to make it simple mm-hmm. and that's the delivery right if you're if you're engaging our group back there that's the mantra right what we want to do is make it seem very easy not because it is but because that's what we're expert in and in the process we're de-risking it for you that's the benefit of the ease is we're de-risking something that could we could make wildly complicated to feel great about ourselves hell if I'm the other side I'd be thinking that seems so complicated I don't know that I want any parts of it, mm-hmm. so that's the opposite effect of what what you could be trying to accomplish. Yeah,
0: ultimately, I mean the end goal. I, I have a perfect example of this, and I've actually spoke about him once in one of the episodes we did. One of our my warm room members, my CPA. I love him so much because he dumbs it down. I I go into these meetings talking about our finances and account accounting. Always high stress, or I'm looking at like something's freaking me out. And by the end of it, I am so calm because he's just like, no, we're good dumb literally dumbs it down for me which i'm okay with Mm -hmm. speaks to a language we understand and i always come out of there feeling better and comfortable simply because he he just he's an expert and he knows it so well that he literally does know how to dumb it down and get it done um but we're just talking about what what did you just say prior because it had to tie tie into that but either way like he he's so wonderful at doing that and that's why i want him by my side, always. He's a perfect example of that. And that that's what you, oh, oh. And then ideally, like, we have these meetings, right? We have these consistent meetings. We're going on a year now on one of them that I have with him. And he wants to dumb it down enough And make us learn it. So he's eventually not needed. So it's not like he's never trying to make himself more valuable where we need him more. The goal for him is eventually I'll roll off these meetings because I will be able to teach you guys how to do it internally. Those are the best kind of people. Like, you don't don't need me. I'm going to teach it to you and make it so simple that eventually... I, you won't name me for this. You'll need me for something else, and I know that. And it always pay off on the back end, but it won't be for that because right. I'll have always, already taught you for it. So right. that's the difference. Yeah,
1: and by then the trust, you know, by then the trust. 100%. Risk here, trust here, two completely different ideas, yep. right? You know, the, the risk component is absolutely gone. And and we had a uh, we had a similar situation recently with one of our war room people in that we were interviewing for a higher level position, one that could have reduced the amount of engagement from our accounting firm. This person, you know, this this particular role had a finance uh, slant to it, and at no point was I ever worried about. Um, that individual being conflicted, right? It was never never looked at and said, "Oh, I'm against this because this could cut ten hours, hundred hours, whatever, out of our billing time." Because you're effectively bringing that that skill set inside, mm-hmm. and that's that's the the you know that, those are the best relationships, right? And and uh, I think we got onto this because we were just talking about understanding your audience, mm-hmm. but these are the types of things that you know if if you're selling to us, I think what we're saying here, if you're selling to people that are similar to us, right? If you're trying to figure out our breed, these are the things that resonate with us so if you encounter other people in your travels that also profile like us then these are some of the things you might want to consider Mm -hmm. or might want to pay attention to
0: Mm -hmm. I believe you're we're punting to you now
1: yeah I mean I don't have a ton more I uh you know I I I have these are all Part and parcel to what I'm what I'm doing. Actually, I'll even deploy some of these. I definitely, you know, you and I have talked about your pending folder on a yeah, lot of a lot of huge. occasions. What other ones do you have? You have any other ones in mind that you're thinking I, about?
0: I think we can. I I would love to, and this is just such a great one to end off on, and it's. Down to ride, which you actually have written down. You oh, ha- yeah. You actually have up to ride.
1: I did. Yeah, well. <laughs> it's <been> a, it's, <laughs> I believe you meant to you know, down sh- to ride. These short weeks are pretty tough, so yeah. Uh, so
0: don't play you- it on the short weeks. No,
1: no, no. Yeah, I was uh, I was moving faster than one Just should. not
0: down with your lingo. You know the
1: thing, speed kills? This is one of those. I'm
0: up to ride. But yeah, it's simple. It's just like be a teammate that's down to ride. Like that's who I want to be. Like, yeah, Hey, I, Justin. I'm like, thinking about this, like, like, yeah, I got you. Like, just simple. There are certain people that will come back always with a some kind of answer. It's like, well, I can't do this because, or what a you know, it's just something, just some kind of friction.
1: Right, right.
0: It's like you want the people on your team. I'm not saying a yes man or a woman. No, that's not absolutely. what I'm saying. I'm just saying someone that's down. Like, you always know they got your back. You got theirs. And it's like, yeah, I got this. He's simple. Done. On it. Whatever. It's not like there are just certain people everything everything's hard everything's friction it, it could be the smallest request in the entire world and you know it's just not going to be like yeah sure got you right like, those are the kind of people <laughs> right. you want right. and like I, that I strive to be like just just make it easy especially when you can know know what's small and what doesn't matter and what it's like very easy to just say yes like sure. sh- got, got it done course there are bigger more complicated issues we got to break down we got to talk about that's not what I'm talking about right she's yeah. like be that person I'm like yeah I'll get shit done especially if it's easy yeah. if it doesn't take a long time
1: yeah they do would be it would be, uh, it would be uh, down to ride over here and pump the brakes over here right yeah. there would be two totally different approaches and yeah. mindsets and still it comes back you know it comes back to alignment I'm sure there are certain people that love the pump the brakes mentality right and they're comfortable with that you know that's and, not us we don't profile with if you had to pick one between down to ride and pump the brakes we profile as down a we always
0: say yeah, what's the question? Yeah, that's like, right. <laughs> but I mean my whole team, like truly my whole team, I know the answer is gonna be like, yep, got yeah, yep, got it. Yeah, cool. Like and, and I know it's gonna get done like that it's it's done. Like we don't have to talk about it. Yeah. But it's it's really hard when you have people in the organization where it's always something. Like it's 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 exhausting. Yeah. It's like, dude, I just asked you if you could move that chair over there, like today. Like, yeah. Right. Like,
1: it's, and it's on wheels. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but just,
1: just and be down the pick, ride the for your I team. You have to pick the thing up. You just had to move it.
0: And that's just so much about being a teammate and somebody people want to be around and can rely on. Like, I, I'm not going to come to you anymore if I if I need help with something and. Like you want to you want to have the people you can go to.
1: Yep, absolutely, and and all of them, right? It's not ever going to work that way. It won't be a hundred percent. But man, as you're building teams, we talk about this a lot, right? And you're building teams. We have this amazing tool with our values now that we stand up, and and you know, there's not one there that says down to ride. But if you put two of them together or three of them together, it screams. If you check these three boxes, you are down to ride. Yeah, right. Whether it's adaptability or whatever those things are, and you
0: know immediately absolutely. with people, yeah. like it's pretty, it's pretty. Um, noticeable and you, you identify immediately and that's the people I mean, we're generally always looking for an organization, but you can get it wrong. Sure. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, listen, there's uh there's some great and and we fight this in the sales world a lot. I have a, a saying that says there's a fine line between an actor and a salesperson, and you don't know what you have sometimes until it's very late. I mean, yeah. especially you know back to the the conversation about uh, you know the breed. Yeah, you know, there's certain people that are exposed to a lot of people, and they become very good at uh, at at melding or or being a chameleon of sorts, and being able to tell you right they read they read your breed so well. They're actually able to tell you exactly what you want to hear. Oh, yeah. And that feels comfortable and familiar and therefore even breeds a little trust. And that's the stuff that's, uh, that's dangerous.
0: Yeah. Just, this is a whole different topic, but I, sometimes I like to do that as we go on because it's like a cliffhanger that reminds me very much different, but reminds me of what I was listening today on a podcast about performative vulnerability. So there is a difference between actually being vulnerable. And if you're actually being vulnerable, it's you know it because it's super uncomfortable and scary Yeah, where the, there's a lot of I'm sure we've we've done it at times where like we want to be talk about being vulnerable and we want to be vulnerable but there's still like a performative piece of it hmm. so I'm not saying we do or we don't but I think everybody like that there's definitely a thing about performative vulnerability
1: performative could also be construed with faking yeah
0: but, but I think there's a ton of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's, that's a sort of along the lines of what we were just talking about. Right. But J- different. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, listen, I, I'm sure, you know, there's all of these different, there's all of these different, i just, I hate the word things. That's such a big dumb word, but there's all. Sometimes there, things just work. Yeah. But I there, just but, just but, things. But, but these movements through society, right? Let's just call it that. Movements through society. And because Brene brown said so who's one of my favorites that's not me poking poking fun i i truly uh enjoy listening to what she has to say primarily because it's data based it's not you know it's the data suggested or when we studied these people these thousand people you know there is definitely this movement towards vulnerability authenticity which i mean Authenticity is the exact opposite of that. There would be nothing that was fake or or genuine or whatever those are. I I need
0: to be vulnerable. I want to connect. So I'm going to talk about these things and say these things. Like instead of if it does, I, I think the great gauge, if it doesn't feel super uncomfortable or like a little scary, it's probably not totally authentic.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm gonna show sure your audience. It's hard for your audience to pick up, though, especially for the people that are really good at it.
0: I don't. Well, and we go, and thus we end back on where we started. Performative yeah. equals acting, but yeah. So
1: this is great. So we uh, we wrap this thing with "on it" and "down to ride." That's what we wrap this thing with. We started with "on it" and ended with "down to ride." And
0: I'll say, if you're someone listening to this, try a couple of these out. You could probably try all of them out and see what happens. Yeah, I, I guarantee you will. Get something beneficial out of it. Guarantee it.
1: Totally agree. All right. Now we're high fiving out. We got to figure out something to do. It's uh, we got uh, football season starting. It's pretty cool. We'll work on it. We'll yeah, work we'll, on uh, it. I think we we have a lot of sports in here anyway. Right? We talked about the goal line today.
0: Our uh, our you're, endi- wel-
1: you're welcome. you Our
0: endings are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. endings are rant. What does <laughs> that <even> mean? <laughs> what do you mean? We got we got to figure out just more more impactful endings. All right. Done.
1: Here we go.